Here comes the best, the most well-rounded, best-smelling, nothing-off-limits podcast in the world. Welcome to Quadcast with Courtney Olson. In the red corner, the woman with the world's deadliest thighs. In the blue corner, some loser about to lose. Let's get ready to mumble. My got my rule of thumb is if Donald Trump Jr. is talking about it, it's an agenda. <laughs> I actually changed my political party to independent because I was like, "Fuck this two-party system! It doesn't work." Yeah, it's, I'm not a fan. Yeah, no. like that's just. But the, again, back to my conspiracy point, they're trying to divide us because they yeah. want a one-world yeah. government. It works. And, yeah, yeah. It, so. it's just yeah. It, it's the thing is, is unfortunately, I think most people feel this way. We haven't had a candidate we could actually be excited about in a really long time. Yeah, yeah. and most people aren't happy. It, it's it's become you know a position of choosing the lesser of two evils. Now, granted, there are some people that are big fans on one side or the other but I would wager to say that's the minority and yeah. most people like me are just frustrated like yeah. what do we do it's like, I, know, love bad Tulsi. And worse. I love Tulsi I love Tulsi Gabbard she's a friend yeah. of mine and when she started yeah. out with you know her position on the sports and stuff because that's mm-hmm. like really a big topic we want to talk about and given your experience and I know we went that route and we were going that route yeah. but like I said I know there's Get so much yeah there's so much for us to to cover which is amazing because mm-hmm. there's I don't see a lot of people with opposing views that are friends mm-hmm. having a conversation mm-hmm. and like with the aim to make progress yeah. and help educate each other and What's missing is compassion and yeah. understanding because yeah. everybody's just fucking shouting at you. Right. Yeah. And like us going to jiu-jitsu, right, when we yeah. walked in and I was like, because when you came out yesterday before we went to the movies, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, presenting, do you know what I mean? I was like, yeah. yeah, more masculine. And mm-hmm. because it's so fucking foreign to me, I bought Clementine Ford's last book called uh, Boys Will Be Boys, which is all about gender. Mm-hmm. And essentially talking about the exact, I only got through chapter one. <laughs> I'm that person. I like to collect books. Yeah. And, but, you know, the same principles. Because I got to that point where I'm like, I need to start doing something because I see myself going down this path rather quickly. But deep in my gut, I believe, as you said, that this is another topic to polarize people. Mm-hmm. To, 100%. Uh, yeah, a huge degree. And so, you know, getting that book, but anyways, you coming out and being like, oh, wow, it reminded me of like, okay, this is this is fluid. And like when we walked mm-hmm. into the academy at 10th Planet, mm-hmm. I was like, there's the men's, there's the women's. You can come in with me, like, yeah. which law, you know what I mean? And you're like, yeah. oh, let's use this one. Yeah. And it, for me, it's like, you know, now in a perfect world for me, I would have been able to transition younger. I'd have a much more feminine body, by, feminine by, you know, society standards. And I wish those things were true. Like, I wish I was able to transition younger. I wish I appeared, you know, more stereotypically feminine. I would grow my hair out long if I could. I would feel more comfortable with that body. But the reality is, even after all the things I've done, I've had two facial surgeries. Um, I've, I've been on hormones for a long period of time. Uh, gosh, there's, oh, I've had orchiectomy. Um, I've done a lot of things to feminize my body as much as possible. Is that possible. something with the ear? The orchiectomy? Yeah. No, that's oh. removal of the testicles. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say you were close, but no. Not even. <laughs> yeah, not even. 
yes, I come I from do. the school of but hard it's a good thing, Yeah, it's a good thing you mentioned that because people outside the community be like, what the heck's an archaeectomy? <laughs> and, um, but yeah, no, yeah, believe it or not, I paid some, well, I lost one to cancer and then the mm-hmm. other one I paid someone to remove. Yeah. Not someone, a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, buddy, you got a spare yeah. minute? And, uh, I got $15,000. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, <laughs> but all those things have helped make me more comfortable with my skin. The other thing that complicates things for me a lot, and this is what a lot of people don't understand because they so associate muscle with masculinity, is I'm also really passionate about strength training and being an athlete. That's a huge part of my identity. And the problems I've had when I've been on exclusively for estrogen for long periods of time is that it decreases my athletic performance to such a degree that I really struggle with it. And so it's been... You know, to want, it's really hard for me to balance all these things. And so it's kind of, you make compromises. Do I wish I, you know, was sitting here looking very feminine and beautiful? Beautiful? Absolutely. But it's just not that easy for me. And I'm kind of, you know, at this point in my life, it's not that I'm beyond it, but like, it's just, you know, hey, this is, this is fine. Like, I like being muscular. And, and, and sometimes it's just, you know, like I said, like doing all the things I'm in, you know, jujitsu and lifting, mountain biking, they don't, they, they don't uh, blend real well with being dialed up 24-7. And without me, I mean, you've seen me dialed up plenty of times, but when, when, I'm, when I present more feminine and I have long hair on and I do my makeup and things, I, I'm typically read as a female, and, um, which feels really, really good to me, and it's how I prefer to be seen. But it's just it's a lot of work, and it's not just always practical with the other things I enjoy. So it's like, excuse me. Mm. For me, is it worth giving up all these things that I really enjoy so that I can be perceived as my, and I guess you could, you know, true self or whatever, 24-7, 365? And in my case, no, it's not. I love all these things, and I don't want to stop doing them. And if people read me another way, you know what? I understand why they do. I understand what they've been conditioned to believe, and, like, I understand where they're coming from, so I don't get offended by it. That's, yeah. what I think, such an important point. And because, again, mm-hmm. when we were in class, I was, like, I made a point to be, like, this is my friend Janae, mm-hmm. you know, to everyone's name that I could remember yeah. first and foremost because it put me instantly in your shoes where I'm, like, holy shit, this is something you have to fucking navigate on a daily basis. All the this time. is so complicated. Yeah, yeah. Or Kevin, the guy, the home, mm-hmm. I... I he mm-hmm. said he has an apartment now. Yeah. But the gentleman that approached us in the parking lot, you know, mm-hmm. gave him some money, washed my windows, what's up, homie? Uh, he said, he's like, oh, is this your, this your husband? You know, it was something along those yeah, lines. Yeah. I was like, no, he's like, no disrespect. And I'm like, no, this is my friend, yeah. you know? And I'm like, do I say shit? Should I should have said girlfriend? Yeah. Right? And then I'm sure there's it's an just, element yeah. of you being like, well, you know, fuck the people that you're with. It's just so intertwined. No, and for me, like, I'm someone, I I tend to be way more relaxed about this than a lot of people, and and, um, and there's nothing, like, you know, for some people it's extremely, I would say for most people that identify as trans or, you know, trying very hard, it can feel very, very hurtful when they're, you know, identified incorrectly. But me, I, I look in the mirror, I see what other people see. Um, right now, I'm 235 pounds of muscle, I have a shaved head, I'm not wearing makeup, and I'm wearing t-shirt and shorts, which I could wear either way, but 99% of society is gonna see me as male, if, right. if not 100%. But, 
And that's fine. Like, I get it. Like, for me, it's about intent. Now, if I'm all dialed up and I'm making it very, very clear that I, you know, I want to be identified as female and then you, then someone realizes like, wait, I think, I think she's trans, you know, hey, dude, you know, and they start right. doing that. That's a totally different thing. That's done. They're purposely being insulted. Can every listener who is in the non-binary or trans community take a page out of Janae's book? I can't tell you what to do, but this is, I think, part of like the biggest issue for so like as a woman. Yeah, it, it's well. Let me let me just like keep going a little bit, but yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's fair for me to say like I'm okay with this, so everybody should be. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I, I everyone feels differently. I mean, this is something that obviously runs very deep in me. It's a very serious thing. It's a very huge part of who I am. But for some people to have that done is extremely hurtful, and it's not. I don't think it's right for me to say you shouldn't be hurt by that. Not you, me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. it, and I'll tell you why yeah. when you're done. Yeah, and but I understand. Like the thing is with me too. Like I'm very cautious about um i don't want to make enemies with people and i don't want to argue if you want someone to understand you and consider your point and it never helps to antagonize that or put them as an as a adversary if, if someone if i want someone to listen to me i don't want to make an enemy out of them right off the bat because what happens they're going to sh- they're not going to listen to a thing you say exactly. all they're going to be doing the whole time in their brain is all the arguments they can have to refute your point. Right. So like, and I'm not saying that everybody needs to do that or that's how everyone should act, but I feel it's the most productive way to reach people and to change minds. And, and, um, and that's my primary goal is to help people understand. And if, if I come at someone, you know, aggressively and, and like, you know, you're an idiot and this is how it is and you should accept me on my word and this and that. And, and while maybe, you know, you can make a strong argument why they should accept me, how I want to be perceived, but the thing is, but if I come with that attitude, they're not going to listen to a thing I say. Right, and that's where, as a woman, I started to get, like, resentful in terms of, like, the patronizing or, you know, mm-hmm. like, there's a few questions some people had sent in about the, um, is it Maria, the tennis player? Oh, naturally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, she had made a post about, um, there's a Dylan Mulvaney I think it's the She's look-alike. very much against, yeah, trans athletes. Yeah, yeah. it was them um, or You her. think about Martina, Martina Navratilova. Yeah, well, someone was, uh, a trans woman was, quote-unquote, educating her on feminism. She's like, you don't need to educate me on feminism, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, my, my site starts going that direction. And the thing I would compare it to, though, I always come back to this, right? So as an alcoholic and an addict, the first few years were incredibly difficult. I'd go into Chevy's and sit and have a meal and there's the bar just glistening and shining in the background. And I would just sit there and clench my fists and be so pissed off. It's not fair. This is bullshit. You know, and literally I did that for years. And then of course I relapsed on pills and then finally got into the 12 step recovery and embraced it and then realized like, oh, alcoholism, ISM, inside me, this is a me problem. I, I don't go out to Chevy's and say, you know, to every restaurant and cafe and be like, you need to remove this bar. I've got a mental illness. It is deadly. I will die. It's triggering. It's affecting my mental health. It's not fair. Get it the fuck out of here and kick up dust and right. right. So you and I, and I don't know if it's an age thing. 
Are you looking at like, because I see a lot of younger people who are... I mean, I think there is a change in culture, but the the thing is too, like, and I'll say like, you know, this is my way. This is how I feel. It works best for me when I'm talking to people. And I think a lot of people, you know, might agree, but then there's also, there are times for more radical stuff too. I mean, like the Stonewall riots, if that hadn't happened, that made a huge leap forward in gay rights and LGBT community in general. And and sometimes things like that have to happen. So it's not being nice and being polite isn't always the only way or the best way. Um, But I think currently the problem is, is everybody's shouting at each other and nobody's listening. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and until you can get somebody to listen, change can't be made. And and like we touched on already a little bit is that this has become a political argument. And as soon as you, you know, in the U S a two party system, you split people down the middle, get them arguing and nothing's going on. And all each side's worry about is rallying their voter base and they don't care how much they lie. We, you know, we, we, I think as American people, most people understand that, yeah, politics is full of lies and manipulation. And it's a question. The only question is, is who's, you know, what are the actual lies and who's lying the most and, and who, who, who do you believe? And Jesus, that's, that's a super yeah. tough question. Like, is any, can we believe anybody anymore? Well, and everybody, I, I, yeah. I, I'm old enough to remember, you know, you were talking before about um, the group, the, the it was a, did you use the word grooming? Like, yeah, big, yeah, yeah, that's one of the buzzwords right Cause now. Because I, I look at all of the posts sometimes that you show me of, mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of this book in school or the <laughs> drag artist in school. And when I was a kid, it was the exact same thing with gay books. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's kind of like, it's just. Well, if moved, we go back, then, if we, we go back further, it's, you know, so like a lot of the same arguments that are being made with trans athletes were also arguments that were used when they were desegregating sports. The whole argument, one of the things you'll first hear brought up about trans women is, oh, greater bone density. Greater bone. When have you turned on ESPN and heard somebody say, oh, man, have you ever seen Michael Jordan's uh, bone density, you know, or whatever? It, it's, it's, it's a nonsense argument. And, um, and, you know, there's, there's truth in the fact that males on average have greater bone density than females, but this also varies a ton by race. And as it happens, people of African descent have much higher bone densities than people of Caucasian or Asian descent. The, the average African-American woman has similar bone density to a, to a Caucasian or Asian male. And so, like, if we were going to use, but that was one of the things when they were talking about desegregating sports, oh, you can, it's not fair. People of African descent have a much greater bone density. But really what it is is, okay, I'm a racist. I don't want sports integrated. What can I find to throw out there as an argument to prevent this from happening? And that's what we're seeing with trans athletes to a large degree is people say, you know, the people that don't want it to happen is just looking for any argument they can leach onto that's going to sound reasonable to someone else. It's like you said before, if you've got, you know, you want to get people to believe your argument, throw a couple real facts out there and then mix it in with a bunch of BS. And you, they've already heard a couple of real facts. Well, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And if you notice the argument around trans women not competing is always men against women, men against women. I, I could bring a whole bunch of trans women in here that nobody knows is trans and have the most feminine bodies you've ever seen, have, you know, aren't strong, aren't fast, aren't any of these things. And then trying to say that this is the same body as, you know, a typical male of the same age in other demographics, it, it's, it's nonsense. No one denies that, like if we start talking about steroid use, no one's going to deny that giving anabolic steroids, which are testosterone or, or, or other versions of testosterone, been modified vastly increased performance and no one's going to say that a guy pre-steroids and, and post-steroids is the same athlete and play on a level playing field but when it comes to trans women you're saying that doing the opposite taking away all the testosterone and replacing that with estrogen people are in total denial about the impact that has on their athletic performance it has a significant impact and there's no way around that now the question is 
is that impact enough to make it fair for trans women after a year of having all this stuff done? Or it, the rule has changed at times. It was two years for a while. But is that enough where it does balance everything out? And I think the reality is, we number one, we need more studies. But, but the thing is, like I said, everything's been so twisted and so biased that if any trans girl has a little bit of success, it's greatly exaggerated. If you ask most people on the street, if you walked up to them and said, hey, if any of the, you know, you've heard about trans athletes, right? And most of them are going to say, oh, yeah, it's all over the news, whatever. And they're like, well, how many trans girls do you think have broke world records? And they're, you know, they might throw any kind of number at you. Oh, I don't know. It's been tons, you know, hundreds, dozens, whatever, or at least a handful. The reality is none, zero. There are no Olympic medals. There are no, you know, no, no world record. No, and... And here, here's the other thing. Here's another tricky way to um, that people twist things to make it sound a lot, you know, more like there's more success happening than there really is. Um, there's a powerlifter, Mary Gregory. So she competed in this quote unquote world championships. It was a small organization. It was in a, a federation. It's called 100% Raw. This is a small organization. It was basically like a backyard meet. The level of this meet would be equivalent to los, los, mo, most local meets. So it was just a handful of people. Well, because it's a small federation, their quote-unquote world records are basically non-existent. So anybody who showed up, lifted, and put up halfway decent numbers was going to have a world record. Now, is this anywhere close to the actual world record? No, nowhere even near, not within hundreds of pounds. But media jumped all over it. Mary Gregory, trans woman, breaks women's world records. If you look at her numbers, they're hundreds of, pound, hundreds of pounds behind what women in that same weight class have done. But yet, it gets plastered all over the internet. So now people think, oh, this trans woman's smashing all these girls' records. No, not even close. And the same thing, we've had a couple women, um, like uh, Laurel Hubbard, won the Masters Women's World Championship. Well, that was, oh, World Championship is all you hear. And then she won, like, the Pacific Games and... Um, I think it was the Australian Games, this which uh, weightlifting, no, Olympic no. weightlifting. Yeah, she was oh. at the Olympic. Yeah, she was the Olympic weightlifter yeah. from um, New Zealand. New Zealand. Oh, and, I was uh, about yeah. to ask you about that. Yeah. So she. Um, so the thing is, is that so she has she had some success, absolutely, you know. But the Australian Championships and the Pacific Games, those aren't. Those are not like the best lifters in the world are not at those competitions. Um, the best lifters, you know, are the Chinese, the Eastern Bloc countries. Um, none of those were present. And then at the and then in the Olympics, it was it was she was the first one going for first trans woman like that people thought had a legitimate shot at a, at an Olympic medal. But if anybody who really knew the sport knew she had no chance. But yet the media had everybody believing. Um, in a talk I gave at the University of Florida a little while ago, um, her name came up, and a guy in the audience is you know, talk about, oh, yeah, well, she just bombed out, and if she hadn't, she would have won easily. And I'm like, really? Do you think that? And I said, you know what her best numbers are? And he had no idea. And, um, and I'm like, well, what's the highest she's ever placed at a world championships? He didn't know that it was sixth, and that was, and she had tied for sixth, and she wasn't even expected to place in the top ten. She had her best day ever and still placed sixth. It was hundreds of pounds out of uh, first place. She was nowhere even close to threatening any of the top women but if you listen to the media, you look at stuff on the internet, you would not know that. Right. And that's just how everything gets manipulated. And that's and we've had a couple of girls, you know, now, of course, Leah Thomas, you know, won a Division I um, national championship. And CC Telfer won a uh, Division Two in the 400-meter hurdles. But if you look at these girls, they still, no one talks about the fact that, that um, so she won the Four, no, 500-meter freestyle. That's what she won the national championship in. She also competed in the 100-meter freestyle. You know what she placed there? She took dead last in the finals. Nobody talked about, well, you know, she, okay, she won one event, which is, you know, and there's a valid argument to be made. Well, she was a pretty good swimmer as a male beforehand. Um, but, you know, people will show her ranking as a male or ranking as female. 
There's some other things taken into account like too. It's like 495th or something. Um, she was higher than that in some of the events. Like her best events, she was in the top 100. I want to say she was 65th in oh, what event was it? It was one of the freestyle, like middle distance freestyle events. It might even have been the 500. That's her best event. But that was as like a freshman sophomore too. And, um, and then, uh, but yeah, people will always quote, I mean, it's like when anybody's trying to manipulate data, right? Yeah. Okay, what was she worst at as a male? Let's pick what she's best at as a female and make it sound like we're comparing apples right. to apples when really there's a little bit of funny business going on. No, I'm not going to deny that she's a, a good athlete and has done much better as a female than she did as a male. But it's still been, it has been presented in a way that exaggerates her success and makes her sound like she was going to go in and just win Olympic gold off across the board and destroy everybody's records. When the funny thing is, at the same, at the same national championships, Katie Douglas, maybe double check me on that, I'm pretty sure that's who it was, but broke like 18 national records in the same meet. It, Leah Thomas broke zero, you know. So, but imagine if now imagine if that girl had been trans. Oh boy, the trans athletes are done, you know. And uh, so it's really we like I said, I'm not going to say that that we have concrete evidence that it's a hundred percent across the board in all sports. I especially think that we need more research in the sports that rely on strength and speed, where males in, enjoy a greater advantage over females. And That's what I was going to ask yeah. you about the physicality. Like, what do you say in terms of, you know, because for specific mm-hmm. sports like swimming, being taller, yeah. having longer arms and legs. Yes. You Another, know, that's yeah, I mean, tricky, that, that's... Right? Um, that's the Michael Phelps argument, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's always there's always somebody with a physical advantage. Like, his, yeah, well, his feet are like, I don't know, I think he's got size 15 feet and they're more yeah. like... He's got an ideal build for a swimmer, and I'm sure part of his success is due to those physical attributes, along with all the hard work and everything else it took. But that's but yeah, you you can also make it becomes very nebulous, right? Because you can make an argument that sports are inherently unfair. The winners always have an advantage. Yeah. You have you know the sprinters have more fast switch muscle fibers. They have different insertions where they're you know, in the muscles in their legs and things like that. That's what often makes. A lot of these people, like just like with bodybuilders, some people have a propensity for just gaining muscle like crazy. Hi. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so like we, you know, and and so that's part of sports too. There's a reason why the average, you know, what the average wingspan and height is in the NBA. You know, right. it's, it's you know, you don't have a whole lot of mugsy bogues. And, you look at the, yeah. the the guys and the women that win the high jump. They're they're all like six seven. Well, that yeah. was... But I I wanted to ask a question about is it is it Lauren or Laurel? Laurel Hubbard, Laurel the, Hubbard. The weightlifter, yeah. Because as a dude, I've got some ability to be neutral, I think. <laughs> but I a lot a lot of people had sympathy for in the New Zealand qualifiers, which, as you say, I don't mind offending the, the Kiwis, so it's not the highest standard <laughs> in the world. But a lot of people had sympathy for the biological woman who missed the trip to the Olympics. Because the Olympics Laurel. Is Laurel. Yeah, so I, I don't know how you feel about that. You know, like I said, it, it's a touchy thing, right? Like I can see both sides of it. Um, I understand. Like I, I, I would, if I was that girl who missed out on an Olympic qualifying shot because of Laurel, I'm sure I would feel robbed. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, then it, like I said, it's it's something we need more studies in greater numbers, which we're gonna get. Well, we were gonna get, but now they're banning a lot of trans yeah. athletes, so maybe we're never gonna get those numbers. But. Um, I think it's a question that still hasn't been 100% answered, but I do think the evidence we have so far, so here's the thing. So if, if this was just, okay, so if we look at, you know, 
there are high school boys in a lot of events that exceed the best women's like, yeah. women's That's Olympic exactly records. what I was going to ask you. He yeah. said high jump, and I was yeah. going to say, what about like the 50 high school students from California that beat the women's best high jump record? Yeah, yeah. And so, so if we're looking at that, like, so you have literally high school boys who can break, and not in every sport, but in a lot of sports are better than the best women in the world. Well, if nothing changes, if this is really a man competing in women's sports, how come no girl has even come close to threatening the top women? Leah Thomas has been the closest. And still, like, like I said, in, in a different event, she took dead last in the finals. So and it, it's just like in CeCe Telfer, who won a Division II national championship in the 400-meter hurdles, had she been in Division I, she would have placed seventh. And it's just like, so even these are the best any trans woman's ever done. And they're still, like, the, the best women, you know, kick their butts. Yeah. And so if this was just... As you know, like you'd hear, you know, we're you know we're fighting to keep men out of women's sports. If it was men in women's sports, where are all the Olympic golds? Where are all the world records? Zero world records, zero Olympic medals. So it's not like people are making it out to be. Now, granted, you know how many. The thing is, I've heard rumors for years about there being other trans athletes that have you know been on a country's Olympic team, and they were competing in stealth, obviously for obvious reasons between discrimination and and safety and things like that. But none of them, from what I understand from the people that I talked to, were a serious threat for a medal in any of the sports. Like a couple of them had made teams, but were in, and I know a lot of a lot of trans women who tried to make Olympic teams and didn't make it. And then, and one thing we haven't talked about yet on the flip side of that is no one's really up in arms about trans men, right? So they. That's exactly. I'm taking yeah. notes over here because you know I'm like perimenopause. I'll lose my mind and my memory, and you know trans women will never experience that, and yeah. they don't have to go through this hell, and they get to just do all the fun shit and get the don't good, have to get deal with side, cellulite, right? And, yeah. right? That's well. where my brain was going literally yeah. until I got to be next to you again, and I was like, holy shit, you literally pulled me out of a vortex, but. And it, again, I'm sure, that, you know, the echo chamber of the trans women that are kicking up dust because you're mm -hmm. so loving and, like, just fucking normal person, you know? so it's, Most of us are. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, you don't hear about us, right. though. You only hear about the ones who say something ridiculous or do right. something Right. Oh, remember ridiculous you said or... this morning, you were like, uh, I, what do people I, or I identify as a... Oh, attack helicopter. Attack yeah, helicopter. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that was a common one going around for quite a while. But that's what, yeah. Like, so people would be like, oh, and, and I understand if you don't know anyone trans and you have spent zero time looking into any of this, which most people haven't. Exactly. Most people just see what they see on the news. And so that's why they believe that Fallon Fox is splitting women's skulls open and Laurel Hubbard's smashing everybody. And they believe all these lies and or at least, you know, false truths like, you know, stuff's been manipulated. But um where was I going with that? You're right. If um, you don't know a trans person. Oh, yeah. If you don't know a trans person, you a, can, I can see why you would easily believe all these things and be very angry and upset about yeah, it. Yeah, that's where I was going. And, and most people, if it's not something you're super close to personally, you're not going to take any time to, to look Ask into this stuff. And Yeah. And, and the problem is, too, so much of the trans community, even though we're more visible than urban, is still totally invisible. I couldn't tell you how many girlfriends I have that are 100% what we call stealth in the community that no one knows they're trans, where they, they often they move, they start over, and because of discrimination, because of violence, and because of the political climate right now with all the hate towards trans people, it's like a lot of them are scared and they're terrified, and they're like, I, I'm, I don't feel safe letting anybody know I'm trans, and I know a lot of these people personally, and I don't, and I don't blame them, but I also think it's a shame because... If you you know you you said well oh, you're so normal and most of us are right. most of us are just and like I everybody else. I think that's where I was getting aggravated is because mm -hmm. I'm like 
because I and it's not up to me to say who's real and who's not, right? right. But that's where I was inserting myself, and I was yeah. saying, well, I know Janae, and Janae is a true trans woman. All these other quote unquote trans women that have beards and are saying, you know, try and stop me from going into the women's locker room. I have my second amendment, you yeah. know, and that shit just gets so blown up. Then that's what gets magnified. And I'm like, okay, well, if we have these, you know, women violence against women and we're like, yeah, trans women. Cause initially my brain was like, yeah, well, women feel it's so fucking complicated right yeah. <laughs> like holy shit but yeah it's uh when you were talking about you know when you were outed and that person that was stalking you for nine months it instantly put me back into humanity and be like oh, fuck yeah you know that's something yeah. you have to deal with right and yeah. i don't think There's... about the other side yeah and it's like i said i don't blame any girls that are in stealth or any trans men that are in stealth um, I understand, like safety and discrimination are real, real things you have to think about. And, um, and there's a couple of times, like I said, I'm probably, you know, out of all trans people, I'm probably one of the people that's best equipped to defend myself. But still, all it takes is somebody to walk up to me with a gun and right. shoot me in the back of the head. Yeah, I, you know, I never know what's coming. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, when I first opened my gym, I was honestly concerned about something like that happening, or at least someone coming in there and harassing me. And I knew there was at least one local guy who had propositioned me numerous times for sex and and um, that lived very close to where I was opening the gym. And for a while, I was like, ah, is this guy going to come walking in here? And you know, cause a scene or, you know, do some stuff. And I know, like, I'd have more members and the gym would be more popular if I wasn't out as trans. Um, but it is what it is, and I'm, you know, totally fine with that. And uh, It's like you're pioneering, though, right? It's, you know, not 1935, and although this still is, you know, there is discrimination in the workplace for people if they do come out and, and say, I'm sure, that, you know, they're faced with, like, um, you know, uh, like with the fentanyl crisis. And that leads into another qu thing point that I wanted to bring up in terms of how we've just completely shifted the focus over to this area. And it circles back to, again, because of yeah. political reasons where I'm like, why aren't we talking? Because I hear the word trans genocide thrown around and I'm like, let's talk about the genocide of addicts. We have a hundred people dying a day and why aren't we, right? So I'm yeah, like- Yeah, why aren't we talking more about Yeah, and, I'm, and I get this whole like, yeah. you're entitled, blah, blah, blah. And I start getting shitty about it. And it's like, again, we're just platforming and amplifying those voices of people who are not a representation of the trans community. Yeah. But what you're doing, I believe is, you know, bringing this to a point where it is more acceptable and it's not like it was being an alcoholic back in 1935. Cause that's, I, say that shit wear it like a i wear it actually as a tattoo <laughs> this is a teetotaler symbol and so I've, I've actually met two other people that have the same tattoo but it's like yeah i'm an alcoholic it's i wrote a fucking memoir about it i'm proud of it it makes me who i am and you know let's let's take the shame and the like it's a fucking yeah. thing you know and you're doing the same thing i feel it, it's it, it's very very similar with the conversation we had yesterday about why does everybody think homeless people are good for nothing you know they're they're all mm -hmm. it's the problem i have with the debate on twitter and wherever it's happening is the language is so dehumanizing yep that it's so reminiscent of the 1930s funny you bring that up but it's the same with alcoholics alcoholics homeless people currently Derelict. the vogue for, for for transgender people that it's it's them they're doing this yeah. you know it's dehumanized to a point where it incites violence and insult. Yeah. 
it, 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 that's that's a really good point. Dehumanizing people is what allows to horrible things to happen. Yeah. Well, as you would learn as that as a to, Marine, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah, there's, um, oh boy, that's a whole other thing. But, um, yeah. And, uh, Shit, good thing you're here for another day. And, uh, yeah, no, and, and, uh, yeah, and I was, for those who don't know, I was in the Marines for four years, and I know I mentioned it earlier, but I uh, have a lot of, um, you know, brothers and sisters in the Marines that I care about very much. And that, uh, the interesting thing people are probably interested to know too, is that all my Marine Corps buddies all support me 100%. Yeah. Um, none of them have turned their back on me at all since I've come out. And, uh, but um, but back to what you were saying, I think it's a really important point, is dehumanizing. Anytime you're able to dehumanize a group of people, it allows people to do horrible things to right. them. Because they don't see them, you know, obviously they don't see them as human. But that's when you start, like, like trans people often get referred to as it's. And I've had people do that to mm-hmm. me. I had one of my old co-workers do that. I didn't know about it until after I left the job. Nobody told me because they probably knew what my reaction would be. Right. But this guy behind my back would refer to me as an it and stuff like that. And then here, you know, here I'm helping. And I'd helped this guy numerous times with things. And... And, um, but stuff like that, but it, it's just, it allows people, when you see them as an other or less than you, less than human, that's how these horrible tragedies happen. Yeah. And it's not fair for me to sit, cause even the banter is so deep in my mind now from spending so much time taking in this content, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's what's been going on with women forever. Like, um, Jean Kilborn, she has a documentary called Killing Us Softly and she started it and like. I think it was the 80s, she started collecting and clipping out articles in newspapers and magazines in terms of how women are portrayed in advertising. And I watched Mm -hmm. it and she talked about just that, how, you know, when women become the rug or their body Mm -hmm. turns into the beer bottle and you're objectifying and, you know, turning them into an object, it's the first step towards violence against women. and Treat them any way you want. That's right, dehumanizing them. But, you know, and so it's funny because like part of me- Grabbing by the pussy. Yeah, yeah, grab my pussy. I, uh, so I'm I am getting this pushback that's coming up in my subconscious, but because of the twelve steps, right? You mm-hmm. built, you create this. They call it God consciousness, where you have like a, and just most people in general that have spent any time doing personal development and like yourself, you have so much self awareness, and I guess you would have to with everything that you've fucking been through, right? Yeah. And same, I should by now, right? <laughs> Shoulda, don't shit, don't shit on yourself. Is that what they say? But you know, I, I feel this, I I can hear this pushback starting to come up and I'm like, that shit is so embedded. And it reminds me of when I, and no, I don't have emphysema for anybody listening. (laughs) I've had, I'm going to say it's the vaccine, but anyways, like (laughs) since we're going to, you know, if we want to cancel me for something, cancel me for that. (laughs) Remember? That's another too. I remember when COVID first started happening and I said some shit that my cousin had posted about drinking hot tea oh, and like getting uh, it out of your throat and uh, you posted something else yeah. like I don't know if you commented on my post or you posted something separately yeah. and you were like listen folks yeah. and I looked at Chase your post and I was like mm, she's a pharmacist so I'm gonna go ahead and delete my shit because yeah, yeah. you know my cousin's a uh, of crystal uh, essential yeah, yeah, oil. <laughs> anyway, uh, so off topic there, uh, going back to what was the initial thing I was banging on about? <laughs> oh gosh. I know, uh, right? Well, dehumanizing and then... Yeah, dehumanizing, Gene yeah. Kilborn, pushback, yeah. uh, God consciousness, having that self-awareness. So yeah, it's... Oh, oh black, uh, white privilege. When I, <laughs> I said um, hashtag all lives matter and this was like 2017 and somebody called me out on it and I was like... Ah, 
how dare you, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then I read the whole analogy of it's like um, a man going into a breast cancer awareness rally and saying prostate cancer matters or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, we have I, cancer too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of got it, but then it still was like another six months or something we had some things that happened along the way as a brand with some designs and there was some uproar within our community and in terms of appropriation and women going back and forth we'll just scroll past it if you don't like it and a lot of black women were like i'm out and i you know i considered myself uh right always loving i would say i'm not racist i don't see color you know, say all those, I have best my best friends black, say all the stupid shit that you think, you know, and I'm like, fuck, I'm somebody that considers themselves to be somewhat, I won't say enlightened, but, you know, yeah. have this God consciousness, spiritual awareness, fuck whatever you want to call it. And it still took me, like, six months at least to unpack. And when the penny dropped, it was when I thought, okay, because I like, I love cops. I like to get pulled over and jog my way out of a ticket. It's like a two for one, right? I get to see, what, I, just people in uniform, period. You know, and then here I was going to say guy, girl, whatever, but any mm-hmm. is person, right? Yes, yes. Which again, like you're here, and so it's mm-hmm. causing me to think in different terms, which is beautiful. Yeah. That's and, an, that. Not no. to interrupt you. No, but, all uh, good. That, that reminds me of something good to bring up to you. Yeah. To, to talk about, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to borrow my phone and make yeah. a note? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I was. You know, saying, okay, well, when I get pulled over, I said, oh, do you know why I pulled you over? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm packing guns, <laughs> right? And then I'd flirt and yeah. they'd let me off where I'm like, oh, if I was a woman of color, there's a chance that I could wind up out of the car with my face down in the dirt, like what happened to Sandra Bland. And I didn't have to have the conversation to put your hands at 10 and 2, take the keys out of the fucking ignition and put them on the dashboard, right? So part of me thinks like, well, shit, that took me six to 12 months to unpack. So, and I've only spent, you know, a short period of time since 2019 when, you know, I did my last interview on the topic of, I don't say being indoctrinated, but that's essentially what's been happening is I've been becoming so closed off. I, like I said, I did start to catch it and I like bought books. And then that's when I reached out to you and I was like, we got to connect because this, I, I'm, intuitively i'm like this is not me you know and then it was feeding into the whole they're trying to erase women yeah and you know their agenda and david ike and so all this other stuff starts coming in and i'm like well fuck let's have a conversation because you know again we are we're friends and you are such an amazing person and thank you and so are you dave But I know, like, he's, you know, had to put up with me for the last six months looking at stuff like, you know, and I wrote a few things down, but I want you to be able to bring yours up first because I actually wrote mine down. So, because we're, you know, we're we're in our 40s now. So it's, you know, so it's been it's been an interesting experience for me. Right. Because so, um, you know, I was socialized as a white male in our society, which gets treated very different in a lot of ways than, you know, other people of other races, people of different genders and um and uh you know there's it's, it's very different existence for somebody from that background versus a lot of other people right and um but then also and then this is a, a point i like to call like where i was living um like three lives all simultaneously and this was very educational for me and and um really helped me mature a lot as a person and taught me a lot so at the peak of my powerlifting career is also the time 
that um, that I was first starting to go out into public presenting feminine. And mind you, I'm 200 at this point. I was 270 pounds of muscle, um, had had no surgery, nothing done, and had you know what most people consider a very masculine appearance. Um, and uh, you know, trying to you know grow and and uh, and experience life how I felt comfortable. And uh, but so the weird thing was, so on like. You know, I had lots of sponsors. I was traveling all over the world for expos and stuff like that. So one weekend, I may be at the Arnold signing autographs and ha literally have people waiting in line for two hours to take a photo with me and receive an autograph. So I'm being treated so I get this small touch of what it feels like to be, you know, famous. And I couldn't go to the bathroom without getting stopped ten times. But then, so then, so on the weekend, I'm superstar. Monday through Friday, I'm working at the pharmacy as your, your average middle-class pharmacist. So now I'm just this, you know, granted, very large pharmacist, <laughs> but, but I'm, you know, a, a parent with three kids, you know, the whole, you know, 2.6 children and, on, uh, you know, the little house on the corner and all that. And I'm um, so very, you know, for our society or for where I lived, a very typical member of society. But then on other weekends or other evenings, I'm going out as a non-passing transgender woman and finding out what it's like to be treated less than human. When I first started going out, it was it was terrifying. And uh, I, you know, I had I had an incident that I've talked about a few times in other interviews where I had five guys follow me into a garage one night. And um, they had intentions of jumping me. The, the scary part was I never knew they were there until I got into my car, closed the car door, and literally a guy's face was right in my window. And there was four other guys behind him, and they were all mean mugging me and staring me down. And I think the only thing, and you know, who knows for sure, but the only, the only, thing, the only thing that stopped them when they got close is that I was wearing a spaghetti strap dress and heels in the summertime, and um, you know, they saw how muscular I was. And maybe that, maybe that is what made them hesitate for a second and allowed me to get into my car before they attacked me. Um, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't cover the distance fast enough. I had no idea they were there. Wow. Um, and uh, so that was the first time I like realized, like, I didn't get taught what most girls are taught when they're growing up is to be aware of the surroundings, you know, be careful about all these things. And so I wasn't even conscious of that until that incident happened. And then, but I was going out into, into public and, um, you know, I couldn't walk down the street without people mocking me and yelling stuff at me and, and, uh, you know, one guy, you know, yelled out one time, you're the ugliest thing I've ever seen, you know, just as I walked by and, and, um, you know, people snickering and giggling, walking and just being, you know, stared at and not, and it wasn't as worse. It, nothing happened that as bad as I feared it might. Like I, before the first time, the funny thing is I've spoken in front of thousands of people. I've competed in front of thousands. It didn't make me nervous at all. When I, the first time that I went into like, you know, trying to exist in our quote unquote normal world, I decided to go grocery shopping at a Meyer for people that aren't from the Midwest. Meyer's like our, you know, grocery, one of our common large grocery store chains. So it'd be like Publix in the South or, you know, any of your big grocery store chains. But I decided to go grocery shopping at, in the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday, which is like the busiest time. Why I picked that time, who knows? <laughs> But I was, I remember sitting in my vehicle in the parking lot and just like my hands shaking. I was so terrified, but I was like, this is something I need to do. I need to get through this. I've, I've got to get past this. And it was such a weird experience because on one hand, I was elated to finally be dressing the way I wanted to in public and not caring what people thought or trying really hard not to, I, I think is more accurate. But then also I'm going through the store and I've got people walking really close, snickering, laughing. I would see people point and and uh, so it was this really complicated dynamic of feeling like this complete freak and less than human, but also being elated that I'm finally doing this. 
And so, yeah, so there's this period in my life where, what you know. What a dichotomy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was actually probably like a trichotomy, I guess. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, but like on one day being treated less than human, another day being treated like a celebrity, and then another day just being an average member of society. Right. But it was so educational and taught me so much. And um, so it was just, and it was a good, like, constant reminder of just, you know, how how people experience the world from such different perspectives. Right. That's so powerful. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I mean, I thought, <coughs> kind of conversations moved on, and it took me a bit of time to get my shit together. But um, do you know Castor Semenya? Castor Semenya? Oh, uh, yeah, Castor Semenya. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, that to me, the fact that she's not a household name and the fact that people aren't, outraged by Castor's performance yeah. to me says this is an agenda because Castor is a so she's so she's someone who has an intersex condition yeah um she was so she's someone that would, that would is is uh, genotypically male she has a y chromosome um but uh, but phenotypically female and and she had somewhat some people questioned it because she is rather muscular and is maybe you know some people thought she was somewhat masculine appearing and there and but she didn't know she had this condition until they tested her mm. and found out then also her natural biology she produces more testosterone than most women is because this of her condition yeah. yeah she was olympic gold medalist in the 800 meters and this was recent right yeah well uh, let's see 2000 she went uh, in rio i'm gonna say 12, 12 she yeah, won in yeah. rio yeah in okay. 2016 i'm getting it confused so, with the last olympics where there were like four well seven was yeah. one of them that was told yeah, Semenya could only compete against the men so what they, or over a particular distance. Like she was an yeah. 800 meters runner and they said she had to run the 5,000. Yeah, they, they, so so the way I understand it now, and I could be incorrect, so anyone listening out there, please don't quote me without double-checking this yourself. But the way I understand it now is she can only compete in the in the events that she was best at if her testosterone was below a certain level. So that's been a big, you know, very controversial because it's like, wait a minute, this person's body naturally produces these things so now we're requiring and that's where some trans athletes are like telling some other girls like hey don't get too riled up about all this because this might come back to bite you and then that's we're seeing the policing of women's bodies so what happens okay so castor semenya so she has an intersex condition and they're saying well you produce more testosterone than most women that's an unfair advantage so you can only compete if you chemically lower you know through medication or suppress your testosterone below a certain level well now how much of a leap is that to say you find another girl who has excess yeah. chromosomes but makes a lot of testosterone your testosterone is too high now we're going to make you put yours down so now like that's where you know some people are saying hey cis so, women don't get too crazy with this because it, you could find problems right. with it as well because castor is uh, I, I forget the phenotypes and that. Yeah, so things, she's she, phenoty- she, typically she, female. She was yeah. raised, she existed in the world as a female her entire life and was regarded as such. And only, didn't find out any difference until people started questioning her performance in track and field and then found out she had an intersex condition. She, she doesn't have a womb, but she does have a vagina. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. And she yeah. has the, the XY, yeah. but lived a whole life as a woman until right. somebody questioned her performance. But I, yeah. I think you're exactly right mm-hmm. on that. Who, what level, naturally occurring level of yeah. testosterone is okay? Well, and that's yeah. where I can't really argue either, and I'll I'll mention that story in a second. But first, the only thing that stuck in my mind about that conversation was, <clears throat> and again, like I have no number, or I just remember hearing that women, biological biological women, potentially this person that you're speaking of, and there was like two or three of them, I think. Yeah, there were there were. Four or five but others, something from about Af- all the, from African nations. Yeah, all their levels of testosterone had to be lower than that of trans athletes. 
Was that correct? That's correct. That was correct in the 2016 Olympics. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the ruling had it had gone back and forth a couple times. They initially ruled something, then they changed yeah. it, and they'd gone back to it. And I, I believe, like I said, double-check me on the same base listing, but I believe the current ruling is that she still has to maintain her testosterone below a certain level in order to For, compete. Yeah, cast the, cast the yeah. calm. But imagine yeah. living your whole life as a woman. You have a vagina. You're born yeah. as a woman. Lived your whole life. Raised and as a woman. Deal and, with all the things women deal with in society, and now you're told, oh, you're not one of us anymore. Yeah, being yeah, told yeah. You have to, you're a man. You have to yeah. raise the men. And I think like, that, yeah, and I think that's kind of indicative of our society, too, is that it's interesting that... It doesn't matter what else you have going on, what you look like, how you present. You can have big breasts, vagina, and everything else. But if you have a Y chromosome, you're a guy. You're a male. That's what. That's how the the community. That's how they look at it. Doctors. Oh, you got a Y chromosome. You're a male. That's like so. That's like the overriding, you know, factor. And regardless of what you look like as a person or how your body operates, it's it's that the idea that Y is in there. You're male. Yeah. But it's it's also for me, like. The, the poll, if we went out in the street and polled how many people had heard of Castor, nobody would know. Nobody would know the story. Very few people. Yeah. And nobody's upset about it. Yeah, that's... And yet now it suits some people to bring an agenda. Well, then yeah. now it's an issue. You think politically, it's the, that was something else I wrote down, was the question they're asking on a global scale. Like I think it was the new prime minister of New Zealand, you know, was asked by a journalist, what's the definition of a woman? And that keeps getting brought up and I'm like why the fuck isn't anybody asking what's the definition of a man yeah oh you know or uh, th yeah. those types of things and it's like or we don't the, have I, the saw, I saw women a, going into to men's locker rooms or yeah. you know well, it, and this is and that's the whole and this is another where another perfect example of drumming up a false threat when they're real threats that no one cares about so here's the thing like so what what's one of the common ways that people politically stir everything up children bring up children because everyone loves their children and wants them safe so if you make it an issue about children boy you're gonna get people riled up so well, let's see what are these trans people doing that could be a threat to children and how oh we've got drag queens who aren't even tra drag queens there are a few trans people that are drag queens, but, for, but by and large, most drag queens are not transgender, but they mm. got drug into this because, you know, reading books to children and, and somehow it's grooming them and all this stuff. And then, um, but then the whole bathroom issue, you know, you're worried about men being in the women's locker room and assaulting our babies and assaulting our little girls. First of all, that's literally not a thing. No trans woman has assaulted a young child in a women's restroom ever, to my knowledge. And um, it's just, this is a thing that hasn't happened, isn't a threat. The thing is, but there, are there real child predators out there? Absolutely. But what do we have? We have well-documented Catholic priests have molested thousands of little boys. I mean, there's just thousands yeah. and thousands of documented cases. Youth pastors, it's really common. It's like, it, it's, it's areas, child predators are in, in areas where they have alone time with young children in places that make them very vulnerable. Those are the people you need to be watching. But yet... Even foster care. Yeah, foster care is CPS. notorious for that. And, and it, it's just... But we have areas where we know this is going on. This happens all the time. Yeah. And, the, and the Catholic Church is the best example. Nothing's happening. What happens to these priests, mo the majority of the time, they just get shuffled to a different church to molest different children. Right. And no one cares. Imagine if this was trans people and there is even a dozen cases of it actually happening. We'd be getting burned alive in the streets. Like, right, it's just, right. But, it's, but yet this is because can't, it's the you church. Can't, you and, can't win a vote. In America, by attacking the church, can yeah, you? can't win a single vote. Yeah. It's, it's to me, it's just that it's it's an easy target to get people riled up and say, yeah. yeah.